Actor Patrick O'Kane took his first steps towards an acting career aged 13 when he was involved in a school production of The Jew of Malta. This was a play he knew nothing about and certainly not a career he had ever considered. Little did he know where these first steps would lead him to. Closing out another successful year, he is currently playing the character of Jimmy in Quietly, a new play by Owen McCafferty on the Peacock stage. As part of the run, Patrick will be partaking in a Meet the Makers Abbey Talk series to discuss his book, Actors' Voices. Patrick, thanks for joining me here in the Abbey Bar. Um, so, if we go back to when you were 13 um, and that moment um, of when you, you first got involved in theatre, um, I believe you were press ganged into the audience of a dress rehearsal back in school. That's right, yeah. yeah I can remember the play as well, Jew of Malta. And um, it was classic, uh, under, uh, funded, under rehearsed uh, material, you know, uh, but with an outstanding sense of performance. Uh, they were wearing, you know, bedspreads as cloaks and all that stuff and really it should have been terrible um, we went I went along with absolutely no expectations um, I had been to the cinema various things I had never thought about becoming an actor uh, it was a kind of light diversion from other things that interested me notably sport but uh, I never thought about becoming an actor until that moment uh, that I saw that play and it was just um, well my reaction was utterly visceral to it uh, it was akin to the thrill I got from uh, doing sport and taking part in sport and that was just watching it I was kind of stuck to the seat at the end I couldn't actually stand up and I could feel it in my chest and I just said to myself I'm, I want to do that someday and then thought no more about it. And so after you had that initial moment of, of getting hooked, obviously then you started to develop your career. Tell us a little bit more about how that's developed over the years. Well, I, um, I, I left uh, Belfast, where I'm from originally, and went to London, and I worked on the building sites for a while, and then realized that wasn't really the way forward, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go to university and I'm going to study English and drama uh, because I do want to be an actor but I don't know how to be an actor so I went to university in Manchester there were no drama degrees available in Ireland at the time so uh, that was that was a blessing actually because I didn't really want to be in I certainly didn't want to be in Bel Belfast at that time you know, and didn't really know much about Dublin uh, apart from my study of history at A-level, um, which wasn't, which bore no relation to uh, Dublin of 1980, never mind uh, you know, today. So um, so I went uh, to Manchester University and had a great time there, and I had a kind of schizophrenic uh, existence there, which was, I swung between the University Football Club and the uh, Drama Studio. Uh, Interesting mix. And uh, it was, because the, the drama st students just couldn't get their head around the fact that I played football. And the football people couldn't get the, their head around the fact that I did drama and wanted to be an actor. Although some of them uh, commented quite derisively uh, my attempts at feigning injury and stuff like that <laughs> in order to gain a free <laughs> kick. <laughs> and some of the drama students, I remember when I 
finally became an actor and stuff and I was working at the Citizens Theatre in Glasgow one of the actors there took uh, great umbrage at the fact that I would call the uh, dressing room changing rooms and said, you're not in a sports field this is a theatre it's a dressing room <laughs> <laughs> so it, thereafter it became forever a changing room <laughs> for his ears and me. Um, so that has gotten led you to the point now where um, recently you were described as an extremely gifted and intelligent actor, indeed an actor's actor. Um, and recently, or back a number of years ago, in 2005, you were awarded a Nesta. Um, how did that determine the road you take in the years that followed that up until now? Well, in some ways it's had a huge impact and in other ways it's had absolutely none at all. So, when I was invited to um, take up the Nestle Fellowship, I was a bit taken by surprise because uh, they have a, they they trade in mystery Nestle. You know, they so they invite you to apply for a fellowship, and you kind of don't really know much about them or how they work and stuff. And then they so then you ask, so oh, well, you know, what does that mean? You know. What did I have to do? And then finally, you ask the question. So, what do you want me to do? And then they say, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I said, "Ah, okay." So then I had to think mm -hmm. about who I was, what I wanted to do, what I had been doing, what I wanted to do in the future. And I had becoming increasingly interested in uh, process. You know, how how we do what we do. Uh, more than why we do what we do. I kind of had had that, uh, had a good handle on that, so to speak, but um, the how we do what we do uh, was becoming increasingly interesting because in 2000, 2001, I had been invited on to a director's course, a three-week director's course at the National Theatre Studios in London. And I found that really, really interesting for a variety of reasons. But at the end of the day, what it was, was it was a three-week intensive exposure to a lot, mostly directors, but a lot of theatre practitioners who were talking about how they did what they did. So it was an analysis of the director's process. And as I listened, I thought, this is all really interesting. I wonder if this is, would this be available for actors, you know? I'm not talking about actors training because obviously that's mm -hmm. theoretically what happens in drama school. Mm -hmm. But for mid-cycle professionals, you know, that became nothing really is on offer for us to kind of have an in-service training of mm -hmm. sorts. And I thought that's really interesting. I and I became increasingly interested in that aspect of it as well as the directorial thing. And then how those two, how those two directors' processes and actors' process could interface. Um, more effectively and that became the starting point for my fellowship which then found, uh, worked its way out to be uh, well this book uh, Actors Voices Theatre Behind the Performances and initially my idea for that was that it would be something quite um, technical but of course these things have a, a way of having a life of their own and the conversations that uh, form the core of the um, of the fellowship and the book uh, became much more interesting than my dry concerns. Mm -hmm. 
And what we came up with was a part biographical, part process analysis, and part broader cultural consideration of uh, you know what makes us become actors, why why we become actors, how we do our work, what we prefer, what helps us, what hinders us, and then you know how we view ourselves within the broader scheme of the um, cultural environment, the artistic environment, working down through the theatre and then, you know, actors as artists, where we fit in within that whole world of creativity. It's it's certainly a very, very interesting way of looking at it. As, as you say, it's, it's something that maybe had been forgotten about. When you were developing the, the, the content for the book and, and meeting with your, your fellow colleagues and discussing the, the topics, did you discover anything maybe about your own style or your own uh, nuances of acting that maybe you didn't realise or that you've maybe since changed? Um, yeah, absolutely. Because, well, one, as through the research and then through the conversations, what happens is you have to articulate give articulation to what it is you do in order to um, start um, investigating what other people do. And I realised that, you know, for example, one of the things I realised was it was fundamental for me was that acting was a, there's no such thing as back foot acting. Uh, and what do you mean by back foot acting? Um, that it's never about you, or it's never about how you feel. It's never about you're never in isolation. It's only it only works really in the how you are affecting the other person mm -hmm. on stage. Then it's for the audience to see mm -hmm. well, all the other stuff. So it must always be active and what I would call front foot. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and that even in the even in you know what would that's it, what would sometimes be seen as. Uh, passive or uh, introspective uh, speech uh, or a soliloquy in Shakespeare would quite often be seen in that light. Actually, they are active interrogations of what you are thinking. And, well, you know, in terms of Shakespeare's soliloquies, of course, there's a whole school of uh, thought which regards them as conversations with the audience, you know, so you are absolutely playing off the audience mm -hmm. in that respect. Whether you actively do that or not is immaterial but what it, what's true of any um, what's true of any investigation of a soliloquy or an introspective speech is that it must be active okay and in the book you, you feature um, dialogues and and um, inter interactions exchanges with 11 of your peers um, is there one particular highlight or one particular um, discussion that stands out um, from the others um, throughout the process that you, you were involved in? Well, not really. I mean, I, what I like about the book is that they all um, offer something slightly different. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are some groupings, um, but they all, even within those groupings, they offer alternative versions of uh, actors' realities. I suppose there are a couple of um, moments within certain individual uh, conversations which make me laugh. So, for I think Owen Ferrer's parting line is just great. Um, I won't have to buy the book and find it. 
<laughs> uh, I love uh, Rory uh, Carhan's um, recollection of his uh, experience on the Belfast Liverpool ferry as a young uh, wannabe actor. And I suppose Jim Norton um, gives the most beautiful uh, conclusion to the book and, and ends it very fittingly. Okay, so Patrick, just to, to move on from the book and finally, um, is there a particular moment in your career to date that you can say everything came together um, after, I suppose, the, the, the process of, of going through the book and, and, and creating the content? Is there something where you can say, yeah, it all came together for you? Well, ironically, well, one such moment came right at the beginning, just as I was beginning to put all those ideas together myself. Uh, you call it synthesis if you want, um, but uh, it was when we did Hamlet in the Peacock. Uh, it was right at the beginning of the fellowship, and just the way Connell Martin, the director, and I worked w uh, with um, John Comiskey, the designer who designed both the set and the, uh, the lighting, and then the other actors as well. It, it became it became a genuine ensemble effort, but it became a genuine collaboration of artists as well. You know. We were all encouraged to uh, participate at that level of artists, you know, and um, and we took up that opportunity. And, and I certainly personally uh, really relished it. Absolutely. Well, s certainly, Patrick. You, for for someone um, like myself who works closely with actors but has never been on the stage, you you've given me a great insight, um, and I'm sure the the other people that are listening have have been enthralled by what you've had to say. Um, this was obviously a preview of your Meet the Makers talk as part of the, the run of Quietly, which is on the Peacock stage, which you're playing the character of Jimmy. Um, and I hope that goes fantastically well. Thank you. That Meet the Makers talk takes place on the 22nd of November at 6 o'clock in, in the Abbey itself. And tickets are available right now on www.abbeytheatre.ie. Patrick, it was great to talk to you. Thank you very much.